This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Father God, we love you. You're the best. We thank you for being amazing. Oh, actually, wrong word, for being awesome. Thank you, God, for being awesome in everything that you do. Yeah. We love you. We thank you. And you know what, God? We give you permission to change our lives, especially me, God. I'm ready. I'm not an orphan. I want to receive from you, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, God. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. You guys doing okay? Yes. All right. So uh, we're actually going to be in Matthew 13, okay? So New King James, if you have your Bible, wave your Bible up in the air like you just don't care. Your phones can count tonight. It's okay. We'll let phones and iPads count tonight. They have power in them. It's the word. So uh, so as you guys turn there, I just uh, my intro is this, right? I just want... I want you guys to have good ground. I want your hearts to be, and that's the parable we're actually going to read. I'm going to spoil it for you. I want you to be that good soil that any seed that the word of God comes into is able to grow and change your entire life. That is my motive. It's not even just in so, like here in so is very important. You're always going to get the word of God. But I want you to do this in your everyday life. I want you to do it when you wake up in the morning and you forget your breakfast and you're running late. I want your heart to still be open to receive the words of God and the seeds of God. Are you guys with me? Yes. Are you guys bored? No. Good, because we just started. Okay, so uh, a couple things I want to hit. I can go two ways here. Uh, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Come on, everybody say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Come on now. Yeah, before we read the parable, let's do this. Let's break down the word parable, okay? Because I technically have to teach, so let me teach these things to you. Are you guys ready? So, be teachable. The word is parable. So, parable is actually a heavenly story. Isn't that beautiful? It's a story with a heavenly meaning. That is amazing. I love that. That makes me feel so good that God, the creator of the universe, is like, here's a story that we're going to use so you can relate more to my kingdom. Isn't that good? Man, a heavenly story. That's what a parable means, okay? The power of a heavenly story is this. It disarms our natural thinking, right? And we do really good. Let me tell you some things that disarms our natural thinking. How many of you guys are like, I worked really hard today. I'm going to watch 30 minutes to an hour of what? Probably Netflix or TV or if you have a book. You take your book out. What are you trying to do? You're trying to turn off your brain. You're trying to turn off your brain. That's right. You're like, I deserve this. My brain needs to be shut off. Well, what you're doing right there with Netflix is you're disarming your natural thinking. You're like, I no longer want to use this much brain power, right? The cool thing with the heavenly story is it comes and it speaks not just to your natural brain, but it actually speaks to your spirit. It speaks to your heart. It disarms people. God's able to make a deposit on people who don't feel worthy (laughs) to receive something. You guys, okay. I can't remember what I said. I think it was by the spirit of God. So yeah, but it disarms our natural thinking. It stops our brain from going, I can't listen to God because I did X, Y, and Z. Well, you're not thinking about that when you're watching Friends. You let the joy come and make you laugh, you know, and you sing the theme song. I'll be there for you. Yay, good job, everybody. Yeah. So what it does is it disarms our natural thinking turns off our brain and turns on our spirit or our mind or our subconscious, the place where we can just, you know, go into and be like, okay, I don't have to think about how my car broke down. Oh, I'm jumping ahead. We'll we'll get there later. But I don't have to think about the problems of the world. I get to think 
in this place where my holy imagination, where my, where, where, where God and I get to meet. That's really it. Where the presence of God is, it turns on our spirit. <sighs> okay. The other power that a parable has is this. It has the power to linger. Say linger. linger. Really, it's just a replaying without us having to actually think about it. Anybody ever go through that? You put on the radio, there's a song that your wife likes and it keeps going. And no matter how much you're like, I don't like that song. Can you stop? You played it a thousand times. She might win a Grammy just because of you. And the next thing you know, I'm taking a shower. My brain isn't as high. I'm doing something I already know to do. Next thing you know, I'm singing, I should have bought you flowers, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> I literally do not like this song and I am singing it. Why? Because there was a deposit made and a part that surpasses my understanding, wow. my natural, and it comes out by itself. It comes out naturally. Why? Because we were created that way. So it's really important of what we feed on, yeah. whether we mean to or not. And that's okay. It's, it's just, it's just, I'm just trying to say how this all works in the power of a parable. So if we focus on heavenly stories, heavy realities, what naturally comes out of us without having to use a whole lot of brain power? What happens when we take a shower and we're not having to think? What happens when we're weed eating our yard? <laughs> not my yard, you know. I used to cut grass before I got hired here and it was great. It was awesome. I loved it. But there were times when, when I would be listening to teachings and I'm cutting something and automatically I'm like thanking God all day. But then the night before when I went to bed actually watching TV shows and I hadn't spent time with Jesus, and this isn't condemnation, I'm just sharing my life with you. Uh, I would be weed eating and I'll just start thinking about the show. And oh my like, God, I don't want to think about the show. I want to think about your goodness and your power. And God said this to me. This is just me and him. We have a personal relationship and that's what I love about God. He was like, no, this is what you decided to feed on for hours. So now you're going to think about it for hours. And I'm like, God, I don't like this principle. I don't like this law. And he's like, but it works if you focus on me and you focus on me. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Let me make sure I got you that. Da, da, da. Okay, cool. I love this too. Okay. Another point for a parable is this. It's an opportunity for us to see the kingdom of God in earthly things, in the natural, in the simple things that we see we're able to then see a form of the kingdom of God, right? Does that make sense? We're going to read the parable and he talks about an open field. Anytime you read a lot of his passages, he says the kingdom of God is like, right? Whatever. And it's like, well, no, it doesn't look like gold streets to me. That rock ain't gold, but he's showing us a way that when we see this rock, we remember God. And then that triggers our mind, our heart, our identity, our thought process then goes on God. Is he's, God is very brilliant when it comes to parables. I really love it. Last point for the parable is this. It brings everyone together. There is no separation. Isn't that beautiful? I love it because when Jesus would be preaching to these people, <laughs> it's completely different than what they would be learning in a synagogue. When they go into the synagogue, what? They're reminded of their social class. They're reminded of their shame, their guilt, their intellect, right? But when they came before Jesus, Jesus used the simple things for the simple man. So everybody can be included in it. There is no alienating. There was no, you're here, so you can't understand this. And you're here, so you are not allowed to understand this. There was only one thing that you needed in order to understand the things of Jesus. And it starts with an R. And the disciples were really good at it. It's called relationship. That's the only qualification you needed in order to understand 
parables. Why? Because they're heavenly stories. So you need a little bit of heaven, right? A little bit of relationship from heaven. Are you guys okay? So that's what a parable is. It makes me happy. I love it. He's so good. Okay, so that's what a par- before we read the parable, we're actually going to go to Matthew 13, 1, okay? And I want to break this down. If you know anything about me, I love a good story. I love storytelling. Maybe because of all the parables that I read. I don't know. It does something in my heart. It helps me remember. It helps me linger. That's why I love stories. That's why I love the Bible. It's a bunch of people's experiences with God, experiences with Jesus, experiences with the Holy Spirit that they decided to write down, and now I get to read about it, and I get to go and build my own relationship with the king of the universe, and that's the best gift in the world, isn't it? That's why it's important for us to bring our Bibles, to read our Bibles, not so we can look like good Christians, but so we can be good sons and daughters of God that are like, oh, this is who my father is. Okay, so we're going to look at the story of Matthew, and I just love him. He's just One of my favorite disciples, actually, they're all one of my favorite disciples. I read Luke and I was like, I love Luke. And then I read Mark and I was like, I love Mark. (laughs) Did I miss one, John? I like John. He was cool. I liked him a lot. Okay, 13 verse one. I want you guys, if you're willing to underline things in your Bible, go for it. If not, write it down. Are you ready? On the same day. Won't stop right there. (laughs) I love you, baby. You can laugh. It's okay. On the same day. Why that? Why why are you so specific? On the same day, why did that make it into the Bible? Am I the only one that thinks like this? On the same day. You know, when I think about that, I don't tell you all everything that happened on the same day. I only tell you things that happen on the same day if they're of importance. And that means that something else that's equally important or surpasses that is getting ready to come into the picture. Are you guys still with me? Yeah. Okay. So for me, it was my car broke down on Sunday. And on the same day, I got to pray for somebody. Something that changes my life and my bank account happened, but then something of God happened on the same day. Two things of importance, something that I want to remember, something that actually changed and impacted me. So what happened with Matthew on the same day? Say on the same day. So if we look back at Matthew 12, we're going to read a little bit of it. We'll jump here and there because there's a couple of things that happen here on the same day. Say on the same day. Are you ready? So verse 12, uh, chapter 12, verse one, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. Say on the Sabbath was the same day and his disciples were hungry. Say I get hungry every day. Come on now, for the word of God. And began to pluck heads of grain and eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, say, "Uh uh-oh, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Woo, come on. So this is why a relationship with Jesus is so important. Are you ready? Because you can read this with your own natural thinking and say, this is unlawful. But what happens when we have a relationship with Jesus? Who comes into the picture and actually speaks For you. Verse three, but Jesus said, or he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? Oh, first of all, pause right there. This is an important principle right here. You read the Bible by yourself, you're only going to get a bunch of laws. You read the Bible with Jesus, you read the Bible with the Holy Spirit, you actually get the meaning behind why that verse was there and how it impacts your life right now. These disciples are hungry. They had read the verses and it became a law. It became a way of life. Jesus comes in. He's like, you can eat. And this is the meaning behind it. Can I get an amen or something? Come on. But he said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? 
he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Verse five, or have you not read in the law, he's speaking of Pharisees, or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, oh, you read it by yourself. Okay, hold on, we'll keep going. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless. Verse six, yet I say to you, who's saying this? Come on, say it like you love this man. Who is it? Come on. Yeah, I, Jesus, say to you that in this place, there is one greater than the temple. Woo, come on. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's a beautiful thing. Verse seven, but if you had known what this means and why didn't they know? They didn't have a relationship with who? So what's the most important thing? Jesus. Come on, relationship with Jesus. Relationship with Jesus. We're going to make a song so he can linger in your brain. But if you had known what this means, I desire, mer- I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless for the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. So much happened right there. That word mercy actually means God's loyal love. Isn't that beautiful? When God shows mercy on you, even if you don't feel like you deserve it, he's showing you his loyal love. The purpose of the Sabbath wasn't so they can keep rules and regulation. It was an opportunity for the world to experience God's loyal love, right? I don't know. That just moves my heart. And the Amplified, I loved it. It says those, the purpose of the Sabbath is to have compassion on those that need it. That was the purpose of the Sabbath. Right. If we apply it in our life, what happens when we actually take a break from moving and trying to do the right things? We we come to a place where we're able to stop and say, look how much I've grown. And then somebody that 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 is literally going through the same thing that you just overcame with a relationship with Jesus. You're then able to impart God's loyal love on them and change their life forever. So what Jesus did in that moment right there on that same day, say on that same day. He broke religious bondage. Amen. If you guys like religion, good for you, you know, but I'm just thinking about Jesus. My relationship with Jesus automatically breaks any religious bondage, and he actually shows me the truth. It's him and I together. Him and I. And this, and I love what, what Nate spoke about last week. He spoke about when pressure is applied, it's an opportunity to divide the things of the world and the things of God and what God actually wants for you. This was a stressful moment. I think people were allowed to get stoned for breaking the laws, right? So this isn't like, oh man, he came, he licked the donut and put it back and, you know, don't ever come back here. It was, he, they licked the donut and they were like, we're going to kill you. Get the rocks. Yeah? I, yeah? yeah. Okay, so it's a pretty stressful, <laughs> it's a pretty stressful thing going on. So I love this. The stress came, Jesus shows up, and he says, No, this is your earthly thinking. This is what the Spirit of God is saying. Okay? You guys good? Verse nine. I love this. And and I love this, right? Underline now. Because he didn't, he didn't say on the same day, he then said now. I don't know. Okay. This is me thinking. This is me thinking. Verse nine. Now, when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue. Jesus, what a man. 
Verse 10, and behold, there was a man, say behold. behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. Oh man, that's not good. I hurt my thumb before and that's not fun. I can't imagine going my whole life with a withered hand. So sad. It breaks my heart. Sometimes I like to put myself in these people's situations just so I can experience the same loyal love that Jesus showed them. I don't know. That's just me thinking, okay? And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand and they asked them saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? That's the Pharisees. They still don't have a relationship with Jesus. So they don't understand the things of Jesus. They don't understand the things of heaven. Verse 11. Then he said to them, Jesus, what man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out. Remember, he's talking about compassion. I don't know about you guys, but I think we were all sheeps and probably got saved on a Sunday. Or at least for me, I got saved on some kind of service on a Tuesday. Now we're on a Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, So be a sheep. It's okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm getting distracted. Here we go. I just love God so much. He's good. Let me reread that. Okay. 11. Then he said to them, what man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out. 12, of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Say bah. Bah. Come on, breaking religion off you. Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. What? I love how they got there because it was Jesus explaining. It was the Holy Spirit on Jesus explaining the purpose of Sabbath. This is another principle. Just write this for yourself. This is your question. How often do you stop to ask Jesus what you should do? So simple. But remember, Jesus speaks in simple terms with simple men, with simple earthly things. I mean, he's speaking about a sheep. Mm. Verse 13. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And it was restored as whole as the other. I, I don't know why you guys aren't clapping. Like, that's such a beautiful thing. <laughs> then Jesus said to the man, what did he said, he spoke. When God speaks to you, yeah. he restores you as whole? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just telling you what happened with this man's hand. Is there any part in your life that you feel is withered? Is there any part of your life where you feel disabled? Is there any part where you're trying to do it by yourself without the relationship of Jesus. But then it's okay because once you turn towards Jesus with your withered problems and Jesus speaks to you, then you might be made whole. As the other, that means the other one was exactly how it should be. He didn't say both. (laughs) Back to his original design. Back to its original creation. I don't know. It's so beautiful. Are you guys... Catching this? Okay, 14. Then, underline then. He still hasn't said (laughs) on the same day. Say on the same day. day. He ain't say that yet. 14. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against them how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there and great multitudes followed him. And he healed them all. Say all. all. Amen. Come on. So be it. He didn't say some. All. Who did it? Jesus. Jesus. Come on. Say it like you love the man. Jesus. Jesus. 16. Yet he warned them. (laughs) And not to. Why are you laughing? 
You good? Are we good? Oh, the way I said Jesus. I don't know. It just comes out of me sometimes. 16. Yet he warned them not to make him known that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying, hold up, pause. Another principle right here. Jesus is explaining scripture. The Holy Spirit is explaining scripture. Who are you supposed to be reading scripture with? Jesus. Come on. Come on. Then things are revealed. I'm the only. Okay. 18. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. Anybody here Gentile? Come on, 19, not no more, you're a son of God. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. 20, a bruised reed he will not break, and and smoking flax he will not quench, till he sends forth justice to victory, and in his name Gentiles will trust. Anybody used to be a Gentile and now trust in Jesus? Yes. Yeah, even if you don't trust in Jesus, you can start today. That's right. It's a beautiful process. You want me to tell you how you do it? Jesus, I don't trust in you. What do you have to say? Can you actually take that away from me? I don't know. People in the Bible did it. They came to Jesus. They said, help my unbelief. What does that mean? Help the fact that I don't trust you. Give me a word so I can trust you. Remove this and then give me something that can help me trust you. What, what, what is the principle that we're focusing on? Relationship with Jesus. Thanks, Bevan. All right, a lot of stuff happens here, but Holy Spirit told me to jump to 46, okay? If you want to go back, read about it, see how he treats the Pharisees, go ahead, do your thing. I want to go to 46. Are you guys okay? Here we go, 46. While he was still talking to the multitudes, whoo, pause, 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 46. While he, it's still not on the same day. While he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brother stood outside seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, look, your mother, say look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Anybody ever ask that question? I'm going to get a little personal here. I used to always ask, who, who is my dad? Okay. And then I met Jesus. <laughs> okay. 49. And he stretched out his hand. This is Jesus. This is the part. I want you guys to underline that whole thing. And he stretched out his hand. Circle hand. Because that's, oh, do something with that hand. Come on. 49. And he stretched out his hand towards his disciples, I think Matthew's included in disciples, and said, here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Here's here's the catch. Are you ready? The next verse is then on the same day. (laughs) Right, right. So, So on the same day from verse 12 to 13 and 11, Jesus is, is telling, sending out the disciples, giving them power. So that was a completely different day because they had missions and they came back. So on the same day that Jesus broke religious bondage off of them, showed them what scriptures meant, healed a man with a withered hand, got kicked out of the synagogue, healed the multitude, cast out demons. Oh my gosh, help somebody that was mute and deaf. That's all that happened right there on the same day. But what made 
Matthew say on the same day, it was when Jesus put his hand out towards the disciples and said, you are my brothers, my family. Oh, I don't think you guys are catching this. So like, like the hand, let me break it down for you. Hand in the blue letter Bible means this, God's mighty power in creating the universe. That's what hand means right there. That's what that word means. So God, with all his power, with all the miracles that he just performed, went towards him and said, you are my brother. And that word brother, actually in the Blue Letter Bible, means every kind, figurative, blood, and spiritual. He covered all his bases. So when God, oh my God, what happened to you? When God came with his power and he said, Yes. You're my family now. Yeah. I, and I can't imagine, and, I, and I, back to, I put myself in the disciples' shoes, and I was like, man, they probably lost so much following Jesus. Or they probably had very little before they followed Jesus. They probably left their family. But here comes God, Jesus, with his hand and his mighty power restoring, yeah. telling them they're not alone. Anybody ever feel alone before? Man, it's so beautiful because then God's mighty power, his hand turned towards you and he's like, yo, I have relationship with you now. Yeah. On that same day. Yes. So what happened today in your day? Let's, let's make this real. What happened today in your day that you did not like? You don't got to shout it out, but just think about it. Well, on the same day, Jesus can say, I am your family. I am here with you. I perform miracles. It didn't go the way you thought it should go. But we turn towards Jesus with his mighty power and he goes, it's okay, you're not alone. Yes. On the same day. Yes. And miracles can happen on the same day. Amen. Hallelujah. So principle number one, before we even get to power, who has all the power? It's Jesus. All the power. He also said, who are the ones that our families towards them. It's, it's whoever does the will of my father in heaven. You know what that word will means <laughs> of what God wishes to be done in us. I don't know about you, but there's moments where we're like, okay, we have to take action. No, a lot of the time God is like, can you just let me love you long enough more than anything else in the world? That's his will. So when I say yes to his will, we're, in relationship and nothing in the world matters, yes. but yet miracles happen. Yeah. Am I the only one excited about that? Because, because from that place, I love Matthew. He's so smart because he said, you need relationship with Jesus first. You need relationship with the spirit first. And then you can understand parables. I mean, the scripture. Yeah. But then the parable, wow. the heavenly story. All right, let's break down the parable because we still, still have time. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, here we go. Oh, shoot, come on, come on. Give me 15 minutes. We're going to hit this real good, real hard. All right? Come on, brother. Come on. Can I get an amen? Amen. If you're bored, just put your hand up for me. No. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It's okay. You know why? Because I have a relationship with Jesus, and if you don't like my message, I still love you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. 13, on the same day, here we are. What happens now? Think about it. Think about what happened now with just that word, with just that vision, that sentence of on the same day, what goes through your mind? Does the rest of all of chapter 12 go through your brain? Does, does all of that just 
the, the, the hand being healed, them being able to eat, religious things being broken. Do, does all that happen just when you read that one thing that says on the same day? What happens when God speaks to you and he only gives you one word? What goes through your brain? Oh. Does the testimony come through when you went through something horrible, but then something beautiful came and Jesus gave you that one word that then triggers that memory to come back. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, that it's, it's, it's not good today, yes. <laughs> but God was able to help me yeah. and something worse. Amen. And all of a sudden you get built up. Yes. All of a sudden, then you can say on the same day, example, on the same day that my car broke down in the middle of the road and I was with Nikki, Thank God. I love Nikki. Everybody say hi, Nikki. I love him so much. He's the best. He's a drummer. So I was with him, and that's the only reason, actually, that I had a lot of faith. You know what I mean? I wish I could tell you and be like, I said, in the name of Jesus, turn on car. No, no, no. I was like, Nikki, you're about to get out this car. We're going to push this car together. <laughs> but as I had that thought process, I knew I wasn't alone. I had another son of God. Yes. with me. I was like, we're going to be okay. And it gave me a chance to think and say, Holy Spirit, what do we do? And he said, turn the key. So I turned that key and we got it starting long enough for me to run a red light, but don't tell nobody because Nikki said it was okay. But it took me long enough to run a red light and make it into a parking lot so we didn't get stuck in the middle of the road, right? On the same day, the guy that came to tow my truck while I was waiting out there in the cold, I was able to pray for him. Isn't that awesome? And I came to him and I was like, what can I pray for? I, you know, I told him, I was like, hey, when I was 17, this happened to me and God was real in my life. I had a relationship with God, say relationship. relationship. And I was like, now I want to pray for you from that place, from that place of relationship. What can I pray for? And he told me about his family and he told me how he went through two divorces and how he, he feels like a failed father. So then I was able to go and say, well, I think Jesus wants to love you, even though you feel that way, yeah. even though you have some withered parts in your life. And so I went and I was like, but Jesus, it can't be Rafa's words because Rafa will try to push the car when you told me to turn it on. <laughs> so what do you want to say to him? And I wish I could remember what I said, but I just knew I prayed for him and his reaction was different. He, he, he looked at me and he hugged me and he's like, I hope we can see each other again on a different circumstance. I was like, that's beautiful. Isn't that amazing? On the same day. That something bad happened to me. There is an opportunity for. Come on. Yeah, I didn't even think about. Okay, now we're going to get into this parable. Are you guys ready? Here we go. All right, stay with me. On the same day, say it with me. On the same day. Oh my gosh, you still. Oh, two of us, get it. Okay, one more time. Together on three. One, two, three. On the same day. Good job. Yay. Jesus went out of the house. And sat by the sea. Oh, that's beautiful. I wonder why he was looking at the sea. Okay, I don't got time for that. It's two. And great multitudes were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. Verse three. Then he spoke many things to them. In what? In parables. What did we learn about parables? Come on, that everybody can relate, that lingers, that has power, that builds relationship. Okay. Good job, Miss Christine. I love you so much. Love you. <laughs> Verse three, then he spoke many things to them in parables saying, behold, say behold. behold. A sower went out to sow. And just real quick, that word sower there, it can actually mean a farmer or, um, or he's just, uh, what's the word? Figurative, figuratively. That's a lot of syllables. Figuratively. 
um, a farmer. So he's painting a picture of it could be a real farmer or it could be someone that's acting as a farmer. But remember, it's a shadow. It's a showing of what heaven could be. So are we all farmers if we all do the will of God? And I don't know, the words that we give people, do they become seeds? So does that make you a sower? It doesn't have to. It's your choice. But I like being a sower. It's a lot of fun. Behold, a sower went out to sow. Oh, say, I'm a sower. Let me tell you what happens. I love how real Jesus is. That's what changed my life was how real he was. Verse four, and as he sowed, he was real. Some seed, say seed, seed, fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured them. On the same day, my car broke down. These birds came. I changed the battery. I did everything right. Verse five, some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprung up because they had no depths of earth. So it looks like the word that you're giving your family is working or, or the prayer that you keep prayer is working. But then verse six happens. What happens? But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. <sighs> Come on, be real. Come on. Did everything right. I did everything I thought I was supposed to do. Why did this happen? Verse seven, and some fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked them. Verse eight, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Verse nine, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Every time I read that, I was like, God, what's wrong with me? Why did the birds come? Why did the sun dry? Why did the thorns come? What did I do wrong? How do I get my heart to this part? How do I get my soil, the the words that you want to give me, the good farmer, how do you get me to this good ground part? And I always thought I had to behave, but really it was, (laughs) I needed ears to hear. Blue letter Bible, that word ear, you're you're not going to believe this. It means mind. What has Pastor Gavin been talking about? Mind means identity, your spirit, your heart. (sighs) I was trying to change my soil, my ground with my intellect, with my thinking by Rafa's way, rather than my ear, my heart, the ability to hear God. And Matthew did it perfect. The way that you're able to have your ears to hear is when you allow God and when you allow Jesus to be your family. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. I love this. Are you ready? Guess who comes? Guess who comes? The disciples. And the disciples came. And they said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Who came? Why didn't they say the multitude came? They they said it over and over again. The multitude followed him and the multitude was here. And the multitude disturbed is watching the sea. But here the disciples came. Why did the disciples come? They had relationship. They had ears to hear. They had the heart to hear. It has nothing to do with their efforts, but with the calling that God had on him, with the power of God pointing towards them. It gave him an ability to know him. Ears to hear. And guess what happens? Their their soil is automatically ready to receive the word. Verse 11, and he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, 
but to them it has not been given. What hasn't been given to them yet? Come on, we've been saying it this whole time. It starts with an R. What hasn't been given to them yet? Relationship. Relationship. Even though Jesus called people, even Jesus was like, leave your things and follow me. A lot of them didn't. They sound to me like the birds and the dried heat who were considering their loss rather than considering the gain of the hundred, sixty, and thirtyfold. If we put ourselves in the in the picture of a farmer, I think a farmer would be very sad that birds came and ate his seed and that the sun came and dried it all up. But how silly would have been for him to give up on his profession because, because of the loss that he had. What happened when he stayed the course? What happened? A hundredfold came to his field. I don't know. I actually like read some stuff sometimes and it goes over my brain, right? So I actually stop and I'm like, God, show me what a hundred fold looks like in a field. And he literally was like, it grows, it grows, it grows, it grows, it grows, it grows, it grows. Bam. You're ready for the harvest. That's one time. And then it grows, it grows, it grows, it grows, it grows, it grows. Bam. You're ready for the harvest. That's two times. Think about 98 more times. Oh my gosh. 98 more times compared to the loss. That's a good God. I mean, that's really good. Oh my God. So I just, in my personal life, right? My car (laughs) broke down. I was really sad. We had a plan. We had a budget. I knew what I was going to do with it. I was going to have it one more year, trade that puppy. I mean, sell that puppy up or get rid of that puppy (laughs) and get a better car, right? With seat warmers. Can I get an amen? Amen. Right? That was the goal. I was trying to be responsible. I was trying to steward anybody on my heart. And then the birds came, the sun dried up my battery and I lost it. I wish I could tell you that my heart was there to be like, Jesus, what do we do? Instead, I was like, where do I go? Who do I speak to? How do I do this? How do we, how do I stop eating out for 20 years so I can afford a car payment? You know, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out by myself without the relationship of Jesus. And the problem is there's nothing wrong with that. You might get the harvest, but it might be only one time. But with God, with Jesus, the minimum was 30. One, two, three, four, you know, (laughs) one time, 29 more times. But luckily I have a great wife (laughs) and I have a relationship with who? Jesus. And guess what he showed me? He showed me the parable of the soil. And as I'm reading this with Jesus, I'm understanding that this is what happened to me. I was the farmer who lost a potential harvest, even though I had a plan. I did nothing wrong. It was just the way of the world. But the invitation was that power, the relationship with Jesus, the opportunity for him to say those that have ears to hear. Back to Pastor Kathy's first um, teaching this year, focus. What was your focus on? My focus was on my loss, (laughs) not on what I could gain. But this is the beauty. The beauty is you just like that, just how the disciples, they came and then they knew He is so good. I love him. Okay, I got, okay, three minutes. Let me just summarize this just real quick, okay? I love it because in, in I'll, I'll tell you the rest of my story with my car, but before we get there, I started thinking about the disciples and I started thinking about how they probably feel, right? Left everything, left their family, left their profession, and you don't do that. 
Like your father taught you something and that's what you're going to teach your kids for the rest of your life. So the fact that, you know, they, they dropped their nets and Matthew stopped being a tax collector, give up his livelihood to follow Jesus. I'm sure there are times where they felt like the birds came and the sun hit them, literally the sun hit them. And they left the comfort of their things. But Jesus is saying, here's the hundredfold, Matthew. You get to write the gospel that then we get to preach to people you're never going to meet. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, to me, it was just a beautiful parable because the minute that I was able to have ears to hear with God, he told me exactly what to do. And I went to a dealership and as I was there, I was with the young man and, and he's helping me, I'm helping him. And next thing you know, um, this, this is what happens when you come face to face with Jesus. Can I just be vulnerable with you guys? We're, we're in a class setting. So I want this to be a real experience with you every single day. I had to be real with God and tell him, after I had everything down to the T, you know, we're not going to eat out for 20 years so I can get this car payment. And, and, and he took me back to when I was taking a shower and what happened? My brain was off. I stopped trying to plot and think. Yes. And I felt Jesus with his power come. And he said, if you were to die today and you came to heaven, the young man that you spoke to at the dealership with this car that they want to give you. Okay. Hold it right there. Hold that part right there in the shower. Okay. Um, the, 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 the young man that I was with, he offered me a phenomenal deal. But before he did that, we went on a walk because I was like, hey, I'm afraid to do this business transaction because I've never had anybody teach me this before. I'm doing this by myself. And I don't know, I just felt to be vulnerable with him. And I was like, I literally don't know. And he was like, I feel like that every day. And so we went out into the parking lot. We had a beautiful ministry moment. He had a ministry moment. I had a ministry moment. And then the idea came. He was like, Rather than buying a $30,000 car, why don't you buy a car that costs way less, that fits all your needs, that then your car payment is good. You don't have to live off ramen noodles. But the solution came because I gave a chance for my ears, my mind, my spirit to hear what God wanted to do. And it was more than the loss that I had. It was more than a car. It was a young man's life and my life being changed forever. And so then I come home and I share the good news with my wife and, you know, we're looking at the budget and to me, everything makes sense. But yet there's a part of me that was still afraid. Can I be real? Everything makes sense on paper in the natural realm, but yet why do I feel this way? Well, those are the moments where we go to God with this power and we look for that hundredfold, that thirtyfold, that sixtyfold. And and I'm in the shower, my brain is off, but my ear is just focused on Jesus, because my ears were so focused on what was happening on the natural, I didn't make time for a relationship between him and I. So I'm in the shower and he's like, are you ready to talk? And I love that he gives his choices. And I said, yeah, Jesus, I'm ready to speak. And he said, if you were to die today and you get this deal because they covered my registration, they covered my taxes, they covered everything. I'm getting literally sticker price. Like it's, it's Jesus. Only Jesus could have done it. And, um, and, I'm, and I'm sitting, I'm in the shower and he's like, if you were to die today and you see me face to face with my hand stretched out in front of you, why wouldn't you accept that car if that's what I want you to have? And that's that 
moment that Nate was talking about, that moment where he gets to separate, to divide the things of the earth and the things of us. And I said, <laughs> so much easier when Jesus is in front of you. Yes. I got to say, because I'm afraid. And I had no idea that fear was so big. But this is the beautiful invitation. Can I take that from you? And I said, yeah, I think your word says that perfect love cast out all fear. But in order for his love to come, we have to be willing to be in relationship with him. And he took my fear and all of a sudden I was feeling so much better. And this is the beauty behind it. Not only was I hold, so I, I think I made at least 30 fold right there. Me just being whole. But now I got a story to tell you guys. I think that's at least 60-fold. But if I had ears to hear and focused on the things that I lost, I have nothing to give you guys. And same with the disciples. They had nothing to give if they focus on what they lost rather than what God was able to give them, which was 100-fold or Paul. (laughs) Okay, close your eyes for me. So Jesus, we're not here to, to ask for the hundredfold or the thirtyfold or the sixtyfold. That's that's not the point of this. We're here to ask that you just make our hearts <laughs> like that good soil. And we shift our attention from the things that we lack or the things that we lost, and we focus on you and our relationship with you. And that right there is a hundredfold. And from this place, we allow you to tell us what you meant by that parable. To tell us what you meant with what your original design was. And, and I know I'm praying to you, but or with you guys, but but at the end, like towards the end of this parable, he actually reveals to him what the parable meant. But they had they had to be willing to come, have ears to hear, be in relationship with him. And have that good soil to then have the words be deposited into them. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) So Jesus, we thank you that that's our heart. That on the same day that we wake up, our first thought is, Jesus, are you pointing your hand towards me? Your power? And are you wanting relationship all day? And then anything else that comes is on the same day that you are with the God of the universe. So right now, whatever your day was, it's also the same day that you just received the word from God. We love you for that. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>